Good morning, men. How are you doing? It's great to be here with you today. As you can see, uh, Pastor Kenny is not with us. This morning he is away getting some well-deserved R&R and uh, recharging his batteries and he'll be back next week. But just like any other time when he goes away, he's reached out to me a couple times in the past couple of days and he's reminded me that he's praying for me and he's told me that he's praying for you. So let's do the same for him. Continue to pray for his time away with his family and then he comes back and motivated and continues to motivate us. Uh, for those of you who don't recognize me, my name is Jason Park. Um, I've been here multiple times teaching with y'all. I'm one of the, the teaching pastors here uh, at Everyman, and I get an opportunity to be here with you today. And, and I am so blessed and I rejoice in the opportunity. In addition to um, my time here, I'm also a volunteer pastor at Crossline Church in Laguna Hills. But my full-time job, as most of you know by now, is I'm a full-time police officer, and I have been in Orange County for 25 years. The last time I was here, we talked about mitigating the opportunities for hate to sneak in our lives. And the title of today's message is A Man in Uniform. And so when I say that, you probably think we're talking about me. And we are talking about me, but we're talking about us. We're talking about us as men and the uniform we are called to wear. If you heard the introduction or you read the introduction, you saw that I mentioned that a uniform is a, is a representation of a man's identity. Just like my uniform as a police officer represents my identity, a man of God has a uniform that he is to wear and that represents his identity. Let me, let me say it a little bit just differently. It represents his true identity because we're all wearing uniforms all day long. We have some type of apparel, some type of behavior that people see in us, but we are called to be wearing the right uniform and to be representing the appropriate identity. So if you can, we're going to start in Colossians 3 this morning, and we're going to spend just a little bit of time discussing Colossians 3 and this instruction given by Paul, and we're going to be begin in verse 12. Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, I've included in your notes the message version of that passage. And if you haven't downloaded the notes, I definitely recommend you go to the Facebook page or you go to the Everyman um, ministry page and download those notes. It's a great opportunity. It's a great tool for you to use. We give you some fill-ins. You can keep some notes and it's great for you to refer back to. But I give you the additional, the message version of this because it just adds a, a flavor to it. It says, so chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, 
forgive as quickly and as completely as the master forgave you and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It is your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. So Paul is talking about a uniform. Paul is talking about clothing, right? Now, it's a collection of behaviors. It's not like a shirt that I'm wearing now, but it's it's the way that we act when people see us. It's the behaviors. And to list those again, and it's on your handout, it says compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and most importantly, it's love. That's what our uniform is made up of. Our uniform is made up of that, and that is a representation of what our true identity is. And just like we woke up this morning, we put on clothes. Just like from here, I'm going to go to work and I'm gonna put on my uniform. Intentionally, we have to wake up every day, put on our uniform made up of these things, made up of these behaviors, and go out to work. Go to work meaning we go into the world, whether as we go downstairs and we spend time with our wives and our families, we go to work and we sit in an office setting, we go outside, that's the uniform that we wear. And we wear it just like a man in uniform. And when you think of that visual, what a man in uniform looks like, maybe it's not a police officer. Maybe you're a former member or a current member of the military. You visualize that day that you were graduating from Marine Corps boot camp and you got your Eagle Globe and anchor. Maybe, um, maybe you're part of the first responder community in the medical community. Some of our greatest first responders right now, doctors, nurses, EMTs, firefighters, they wear uniform. We see that uniform and there's an identity associated with that. Our uniform is to represent our true identity. So a few fill-ins, a few points that I wanna make with regards to our uniform. First, my uniform reflects my appointment. My uniform reflects my appointment. That first passage, the beginning of that passage is in Colossians. It says, therefore, as chosen people, Now, whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, it's connecting what was said in the previous statement with what is said with after that statement. Now, if you go back earlier into chapter three in Colossians, Paul is talking about the person he used to be, that you died to certain things in your life and you are raised with Christ. There are new things in your life. And he says, therefore, there's activities, there's there's actions that we should be taking. He says that we were chosen people that we were selected, that we've been designated. Jesus in John 15, 16 and 17 says, you did not choose me, but I chose and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This wasn't just some arbitrary set of circumstances in your life, in my life. We were chosen, we were selected, we were designated, and most importantly, we were appointed. The day of our appointment, our uniform became complete. It reminds me when I graduated from the academy 25 years ago. I had been wearing the same uniform that I wore after I became a police officer. The difference was on my academy graduation date, two things. The sheriff handed me a badge and he swore me in. On that day, the date of my appointment, my uniform was complete. The date of our appointment, what we call a crossing church, is crossing the line, our uniform became complete. But what's so important for us to see there is we were chosen. And there should be a response to us being chosen. 
There should be a manifestation of, of activity, activity in our life because we were chosen. My dad was a baseball coach for many years and I had the opportunity to play for him for many seasons. My dad had a very unique way of selecting players, not like all the other coaches. While all the other coaches were looking for the biggest, the strongest, the best hitters, the best throwers, my dad was looking for the best kids. He was not looking for the one who was the tallest, who naturally had the, the, the most athletic ability. My dad was looking for the kids that had the work, the best work ethic. Now, oftentimes these were kids that were being surpassed by other coaches and potentially weren't going to get the opportunity to play. But my dad picked these athletes and I would see the difference in their behaviors when they found that they got selected for a team. When Coach Lee picked you, it meant you were going to get to play that season and you saw something special come out of these kids. They got to play for Coach Lee. They got their uniform. They were going to get to play, and there was a response. And we ended up being much better than was expected because they responded to being chosen. We've been chosen. We've been appointed. There should be a response to that. When Jesus says, come and follow me, there should be a response to that. We should get up and we should follow. And what that looks like is us donning our uniform on a regular basis and us putting on those collection of behaviors and wearing that uniform with pride. So my uniform reflects my appointment. Second, my uniform helps with accountability. My uniform helps me with accountability. Now, I refer to back to what that uniform looks like, right? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. That helps with my accountability when I intentionally put that on every day. James 1, 23, 24 says, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. James says that, that a doer of the word versus a hearer of that word, that hearer walks up in front of that mirror, he looks at himself, and he walks away, and he immediately forgets what he looks like. He immediately forgets the man that he is, the man that he is supposed to be. He forgets what his identity is. And part of the reason for that, being just a hearer, not a doer of a word, is the man is not held accountable. I think you would all agree with me is we are the most dangerous when we have the least amount of accountability. When we find ourselves in places where we are alone, where the fewest amount of people, if anybody, are watching us, that's when the devil starts to creep in and starts to convince us, hey, you don't have to be accountable to anybody right now. That's when a man is the most dangerous. So accountability is a good thing. When I say my uniform helps with my accountability, I feel good about that. Now, when I walk around and I wear my uniform today, I am naturally more accountable. I am more aware that when I go into public, people are viewing me. People are watching what I'm doing. And I assume they're watching everything that I'm doing. Now, that's been like that for my entire career. And I, and I am perfectly okay with that. But I am extra, extra mindful of that level of accountability that when I'm out in uniform. And you can't tell by looking at me, I'm a little bit larger than the average bear. I'm 6'6", 250 pounds, so I'm a lot bigger than most. So there's more of me to see. And I am aware of that. And 
I conduct myself just a little bit different because I want people to see this police officer, that I'm kind, that I'm compassionate, that I operate with a high level of integrity, and that holds me accountable. And that's a good thing. A man needs a high degree of accountability. That uniform, that inspection of my uniform on a regular basis, that I'm clothed with those behaviors, that helps me be held accountable. So first, we have to remember that we've been chosen and appointed. Secondly, we were reminded that our uniform helps us stay accountable. Third, my uniform facilitates God's authority. My uniform facilitates God's authority. Another way of saying that is it facilitates God's power. And the scripture here in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 reads, The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers that are erected against the truth of God fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground for every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Now, one of the most complicated things for us to really take in as men is for us to appreciate and is understanding that we have God's authority. We have the ability to yield God's power. Now, it's natural that we would be humbled in that regard to think that how could that be possible? We are told multiple times in Scripture that this is true. In John chapter 14, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, whoever believes in me will do the things that I have done. In fact, he will do even greater things than that. That we have that capacity to do that, that we have that power. The Scripture that I just read to you, it says we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. I don't know about you, that sounds awesome. Our powerful God tool, especially more than ever in this moment in our lives, is love. Our powerful God tool is love. When the, when the expert of the law came up to Jesus and he says, all right, tell me, what's the most important commandment? Jesus says, love God and love people. That is our tool that we have the most important. And when you look at all those portions of our uniform, the compassion, the kindness, the gentleness, the humility, that's the love of Christ. People need that more than ever. And we need to be reminded that that uniform, those behaviors, right, it facilitates the power of God. A scripture that I return to on a regular basis, being reminded of that power that is in me, that power that is in us is in Ephesians 1, 18 to 19. It's not on your notes, but go ahead and make a note of that. Ephesians 1, 18 to 19, it reads this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you were called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for those who believe. That power is the same power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. I'm going to repeat that. 
say, says that you may know the hope to which you were called, the riches of his glorious inheritance, and here's the most important part, and the incomparably great power for those who believe. That power is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The, the eyes of my heart, when they are enlightened, I see the riches of his glorious inheritance, and I see that I have the same power in me that raised Christ from the dead. That's nuts, but it's here. Just like Jesus said, the things you've seen me do, you will do and you will do greater things in our uniform. Our behavior, it facilitates that. It stirs that up like when Paul told Timothy, Timothy, it stirs those things up in our life and such a great opportunity when we're intentional about it. So my uniform helps with accountability. My uniform facilitates authority. Next, my uniform keeps me alert. It keeps me alert. I mentioned to you that when I put on my uniform, I go outside, I go into public, I just have this natural level of, of being alert for all kinds of reasons. And it's not necessarily for the safety reasons, and there's some of those to be considered. There are some folks out there um, that potentially could pose a danger to law enforcement. But more important than that, more important than those safety risks are the opportunities I have as a police officer to interact when I'm paying attention, when I am alert. First Peter 5.8 says, be sober spirit, be on the alert your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now us as men, we need to be on alert because Peter's given us this, this picture. There's a, there's a mountain lion prowling around, right? Think of that picture. We've seen those stories. We've seen those movies on National Geographic. When you're in the Serengeti and you see this massive, massive animal that's creeping, that's blending in with the environment, that's the strongest, most capable in all the Serengeti, that's the devil in our lives and he's prowling around. And we have to remember that safety issue. But when we are on alert, like I mentioned, we see all the other opportunities that are around us. Just last week, I'm getting lunch and I'm at Chipotle and I'm standing in line and I'm ordering my food and there's a guy standing next to me and the place is jam-packed and we're having a conversation. And as I can kind of look around, I can see other people are watching me engage with him and I'm okay with this. Like I said, I'm alert. I want people to see me having a conversation with this gentleman and, and them to see me interacting with somebody in, in a positive way. So we get to the register and he realizes he doesn't have any money, right? So this is an opportunity for me. And it has nothing to do with me being in uniform. I just happened to me. So I told him, hey, I'll, I'll buy you lunch. And he says, well, I should be buying you lunch. And I said, you're right, but you don't have any money. <laughs> so here's the solution. I'm going to buy you lunch. And he says, really? I said, absolutely. He said, well, you know, thank you very much. And like I said, everybody's watching this, this encounter. So I go out and somebody opens up the door for me and they saw the interaction and they said, you know, sir, that was, that was pretty cool. And I said, hey, no problem. You have a great day. That was the best $9.95 I ever spent because I'm just paying attention just a little bit. Now, you're probably saying the same thing my wife said, that I'm a sucker and he got lunch out of me and maybe you're right. And that's perfectly okay. But what I was, is I had an opportunity to be alert because yeah, I was in uniform as a police officer, but we're in uniform all day and we have those opportunities all day to stay alert and how importantly it is a stay alert. And this last passage here, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. 
The New American Standard Bible says, act like men and be strong. What, what does it mean to act like men? What does it mean to stand firm in our faith? It means that we have to be on alert. Now, just like any other uniform, our uniform requires maintenance. Our uniform requires for us to, to, to make sure that it's taken care of. So this next fill in on your notes, this is my uniform requires inspection. My uniform requires inspection. Now, if you've ever been to Arlington National Cemetery, you've probably got to observe the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Three years ago, I had the opportunity to make multiple trips to Arlington National Cemetery. I spent 10 weeks at the FBI National Academy, and it was one of my favorite places to go and to get to go watch the changing of the guard. Now, the 3rd Infantry, the 3rd U.S. Infantry Regiment is the one who's been charged for many years to stand guard over the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. You see it oftentimes when the weather's really bad because those guys out there are standing tall, looking good, regardless of, of what the environment looks like. And, Every hour they go through a shift change. They have one guard come out and replace another guard. Now, what's impressive is not just the way that they march and the way that they look at uniform in uniform, it's impeccable. But when there is a changeover, there is an inspection that takes place. And the relief commander oversees that. And what he will do is he will inspect the incoming sentinel. And he's gonna do everything from inspect his rifle and he's going to inspect his uniform. He's gonna do that hourly so that he knows that that soldier is ready to stand guard, that he's ready and prepared given the set of circumstances. And this is something that's been going on for, for many, many years, but that inspection's gotta be done. It's gotta be done on a regular basis and it's impeccable. And this relief commander, he's wearing white gloves. He's very methodical with the way he inspects his rifle and his equipment but that inspection's gotta happen. It's gotta happen with regularity. Us as men that are, that are donning this uniform of behaviors, it requires just as much attention to inspection. So a few components that I'm recommending that the way we inspect our uniform first is our inspection is in God's word. Your next fill-in is inspection is in God's word. Now, just a couple of passages that I've touched on here, Acts 20, 32 reads, God, whose gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be. When we wake up in the morning and we go to our tent of meeting and we spend time in God's word, it shapes us. It inspects us. You can't help but look into God's word and inspect the behaviors in your life. Inspect the way that we are being patience with one another, the way that we are being gentle with one another, the way that we're donning that uniform, it gets inspected. It naturally does. And when we do that on a regular basis, we make sure that our uniform looks good. It's just like when you take your uniform to the dry cleaner and you get those military presses, or you taking the time that it's ready to go. Our uniform needs to be inspected in God's word. Secondly, there's inspection through prayer. Your next fill-in is inspection through prayer. We spend time in God's word. We spend time in conversation with the Lord. We, we ask him like David did, search my heart, oh God. Search the air. Look at the parts of my uniform I can't see. Look at the parts that, that maybe I think or I've come to know that are, that are good. Search the areas of 
these behaviors in my life so that they all are the way they, they should be. Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Always keep on praying. We see that through the Bible, to pray without ceasing. We inspect our uniform in God's Word. We inspect our uniform through time and prayer. Third, inspection by a partner. Inspection by a partner. When that commit that relief commander comes out and performs that inspection on that oncoming sentinel, he sees things that that person couldn't see himself. He has a different perspective on that that sentinel's uniform and that sentinel's gear. The people that we have around us, they see things differently. They're looking at behaviors in our life and and able to offer up such a unique perspective, one of the most powerful tools that we can have a brother in Christ that's honest with us. And I just gave a snapshot here of one of the most powerful relationship between men is between Jonathan, Saul's son, and David in 1 Samuel 20, 42. David has just told Jonathan, hey man, your dad's gonna kill me. And you can imagine what the son of Saul, what his response to be, would be to David, and he says, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. There was a pact between these two partners. There was an honesty that Jonathan was telling to David, I got you. We need to have partners in our life. We need to have brothers in our life that say, I got you. And part of that I got you is you telling me, hey man, you were a little rough around the edges and you with, with your wife, or you could probably be a little bit nicer on the soccer field, or maybe that story you're telling me at work, maybe there's a different behavior. I need somebody to go through that inspection in my life to inspect my partner. So uniform requires inspection, an inspection in God's word, inspection in prayer, and inspection by a partner. So what's the big idea? Pastor Kenny always wants us to have a big idea and it's important. First, you got to put on your uniform. Put on your uniform. I said in the beginning that our uniform represents our identity. The uniform I've described here, the uniform prescribed by Paul, the uniform that we are to wear, that shows our true identity, right? That reflects our true identity. We got to put it on. We got to put it on. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 is talking about the full armor of God. Now, most of the time when you hear people describing the full armor of God, they give amazing illustrations for the, the helmet of salvation, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith. I don't want you to think about the specific parts of the uniform. I want you to hear what Paul is saying, what's got to be done with it. So listen to what Paul is saying, what you need to do with that uniform. He says, finally... Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, there it is again, that connecting statement, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, multiple times 
He says, put on and take a stand. Put on and take a stand. So there are some of us that maybe we have the full armor of God, but we got to put it on. You got to put it on on a regular basis. We have to go through the same step just like, a, just like a soldier does, but not assume that it's there or not just assume that we have it and that it'll be useful. Even after all these years in, in law enforcement, even long after the many years of the advent of the bullet-resistant vest, we still have cops that are dying because they didn't have their vest on. We still do. They sustain injuries that otherwise would have been survivable had they put on their vest. We need to do the same thing with our, with our uniform. We gotta put it on, right? And an extra note that I'd recommend you write down, don't, don't be afraid for it to be seen. Be proud of that uniform. People should see us coming and they should see our compassion, our kindness, our humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Just like when I walk into uh, a coffee shop or I walk into lunch and people see me walk in the room they should see you walk in the room wearing your uniform. And yeah, it's a little bit different, right? Because it, it doesn't stand out as much, but the way that you walk in, the way that you hold yourself, the way that you stand and talk to the man who's, who's standing next to you at Chipotle, the way that you interact with your child, the way that you interact with your neighbor, it displays a uniform. We gotta put it on. Remember what our uniform does, it reflects our true identity. Last fill in here is, to be reminded that when I put my uniform on, I put on God. Now, it says when I put my uniform on, my uniform that I wear, that I'll go put on today, isn't my uniform. It's the sheriff's uniform. It's the uniform that he gave me. It's not mine, I'm just borrowing. But, and just like this, the uniform that we've been given as man of God, men of God, that's, that's the uniform that God gave us. It's his uniform, and when we put it on, we put on God. We are wearing the attributes of God. We are wearing the fruits of the Spirit. You, you see these areas, and these are very similar to what is described in the fruits of the Spirit in the Bible. Romans 13, 11, 14 reads, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your flesh. That uniform is powerful. That uniform is much like the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit from the Spirit. Fruit from the Holy Spirit. Fruit that we, that we stir up. And we got to put on that uniform and realize that we put on God. In closing, I just want to remind us of two things we've already talked about. Be reminded that we are chosen. We are reminded that we are chosen. And secondly, be reminded that this uniform that we wear, it facilitates the authority of God, the power of God. And when I reference that scripture from Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, Paul starts out with, he says, I praise it, pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of our heart allow us 
to see correctly. The eyes of our heart allow us to see correctly. We're talking about a uniform today. We're talking about this uniform of a collection of behaviors that allow for other people to see us. When we wear those behaviors, people see us differently. And, and the scripture says the eyes of our heart allow us to see the hope to which we are called. The summary of what I hear when I see that is, when people see me correctly, I see correctly. And that happens when I wake up every day and I put on that uniform and I wear it intentionally and I allow it to do for me the things that God has called me to do. So my challenge to you, our challenge to you, for you to do is to wear that uniform, inspect it on a regular basis and allow it to be seen. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the uniform that you've given us. And we pray that we, as being chosen and appointed, we would respond to that. That we would don our uniform on a regular basis and we would go downstairs and deal with our children and our wives. We would go to work. We would deal with our neighbors and they would see us coming. And they would see us exhibiting, reflecting, facilitating the power of God the great power of God that offers love in a world that needs it more than ever. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. And all God's men said, amen. Thank you very much. Have a great day.